First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 109-104 at home at Chase Center. And they did just enough to win. Let's face facts. This season, there have been a ton of quote-unquote must-win games, right? Because they've always been on the precipice of, you know, getting above 500 by a couple games or falling back like they needed to stay in the hunt and right now they're still there you know i think it would be foolish for any of us to get too overly excited about one game whether it's a win or a loss i mean you can enjoy it and this was a really fun one to watch just like the previous one but you know they're going to have to just keep scratching and clawing until they make the postseason. It's going to be this way, right? Unless they go on some random 10-game winning streak at some point in these final 21 games or whatever, uh, it's going to be just a lot of scoreboard watching and just looking at the standings. Right now, the Warriors are in seventh place. They've moved up from ninth. And everybody pretty much that they needed to lose lost. So they beat the Wolves. So they moved up beyond them. Uh, Well, the Blazers, they're in the 11th spot. They won. They went for 71, almost tied Clay's three-point record. He had 13, uh, Dame did. Uh, The Thunder lost. And let's see, right now, the Clippers and the Nuggets are in the third quarter. They are let's see the clippers are losing 95 to 88 so right now right now the suns are in fourth place nine and a half out the warriors are in seventh place 11 out and i mean it still seems really absurd and ridiculous how tightly these teams are packed together in the west but it's been this way this whole season so you know we'll take it we'll take it right like been saying after the all-star break Steph is going to miss at least four games and how will the Warriors do so now they're two and one right they lost to the Lakers uh and then they won two in a row so that's a really good sign and now they get the Blazers you know the Blazers who are obviously trying to make the playoffs as well they have no desire to tank they get them on Tuesday at home, and then, you know, there's going to be some tough games. Uh, we can feel good about this one, but they just have to keep bringing it. They were even more shorthanded in this one because Draymond was a scratch earlier in the day because of knee soreness. And, you know, I mean, this is the thing about the vets, right? It's like, Steph, you're just older and your body is more prone in general, 
to like having bumps and bruises that are longer lasting, that have greater effect. And Draymond is in that boat as well. So they're really up against something. Maybe Draymond comes back in the next game. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? But at least the Warriors are at home and they're going to have to find a way to figure it out. And that's what they did in this one. It was by no means a game that the Warriors were uh, in control of at any point. They were down by as many as 14 and then they fought back. So uh, that is always good. And then they got the lead in the fourth. They had a seven-point lead with less than a minute, and they almost coughed that up. So they escaped by the skin of their teeth. And just like the Rockets game, nothing to write home about, but I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, it was gloriously entertaining. And I had said after the Houston game that regardless of what happens this season, Clay just being who he is, I mean, I've said before that when he tore his ACL, he was becoming an all-around player, not just a shooter, right? And most people who weren't watching closely don't really realize that. They just always think of him as like the second greatest shooter uh, in the greatest shooting backcourt of all time. So, you know, Clay won't be as mobile as he was going to be, but he is certainly effective and he's got his shot back and it's kind of cool to see him out there without Steph, without Draymond taking a charge, you know, being more in control of this Warriors team and their fate. He played 33 minutes, 12 for 23 from the field, six for 14 from three, hit both of his free throws, five boards, four assists, 32 points. Now, even though Clay won't be as nimble, as quick-footed as he was when he first went down, not only because of the injuries, but because of age, right? I'm sure none of us are as nimble as we were uh, four years ago. But for Clay, he's able to do other things, right? I think that's part of it. In, in my mind, now that he is at least offensively putting up the numbers, that he wants to put up, maybe he can start accepting the fact that there's other things that he can do and should do and needs to do to help this team win, right? Steve Kerr and Clay after the Rockets game talked about how his game needs to evolve like a lot of greats at this point in their careers, you know? So that's something with the five boards, four assists. They need him to do that, right? They need him to do that more so than he ever did before. And he's not much of a rebounder throughout his career. Me, I attribute that a lot to the fact that in uh, the Warriors schemes, he's usually running back on the breaks, you know, and uh, at least on offense, trying to get down there. So he's not necessarily close to the paint. And he's also guarding a lot of perimeter guys. So he's not always in the best position for rebounds historically, but now he's diving in there, dipping in there. And that's something you love to see. So like these little moments of clay, you know, looking the complete opposite of who he was at the very beginning of the season are really, really meaningful. And I'm glad to see them back to back. And much like last season, when in March, when Steph was out and Jordan Poole made a statement about who he was 
at that point as a player. Maybe this is Clay. Hopefully, fingers crossed, because we're going to need him. Hopefully, this is him making a statement of consistency. Uh, he's been good since the calendar turned, even a little bit before that, like consistently. And what? He's like averaging 25 points in 2023. If you forgot, back in the day, he would average anywhere from 19 to 21. That's pretty much it, right? He was never a 25-plus point scorer in the Warriors system. So this is good. This is great. You know, like if anything else happens this season, like this is this is something that, you know, going back to the first injury, ACL in the 2019 finals, and then the Achilles hearing that news, and, and basically just watching Clay, you know, from afar in his progress to get back to the court and then to get back to who he was and, you know, evolve. He's evolving as a player at this point, right? It's not so much about trying to get back to who he was. It's becoming what he is now at this point at 32 going on 33. So you love to see that. And that is uh, something that's really, really uh, puts a smile on my face. But also in this one, you know, the Warriors were almost about to cough it up. It was like, oh, man, this reminded me of that game in Utah when they were really shorthanded and they just made the most absurdly poor decisions and boneheaded plays and coughed up a loss uh, in in Utah. But they held on to this one. But then there were those two plays uh, in the final minute where <laughs> Clay actually made some poor plays, right? He is not known for his handle and he got picked. You know, he got his pocket picked, uh, turnover, and then uh, a bad pass. And I was like, "Oh man, this is this is where it it's going to happen again." But they held on, and I'll take it. You know what I mean? For a lot of these games with guys injured, it's just like you just try to escape with a win. You know, because what we want, what all of us really, really just need, is for this team. And I've said this before, and you guys know this. It's like you want them to get into the tournament. You want them to ideally avoid the play-in. You want them to get into the sixth spot at least just so they don't have to deal with the play-in. So get in the tournament, face whoever they face, and just stare them down with their four rings and just try to catch a team, you know, and just show them. Show them what this quote-unquote championship DNA that we've seen for years, but not so much this season – is all about. I mean, this Timberwolves team, right? It's like they folded. You know what I mean? They were missing Gobert. They were missing, of course, Carl Anthony Towns. But they had Conley. They had Anthony Edwards. They had the rest of their dudes. Nas Reed, by the way, <laughs> he was owning the Warriors, especially in the first half. And I was like, man, this reminds me of the old school, like Nelly Ball era, or even the We Believe team, where just some random power forward would just body and own and have career nights against the Warriors. So uh, I'm glad that they actually overcame this one. But they found a Timberwolves team that folded under the pressure, but also a Timberwolves team that, you know, kind of met the Warriors statistically where they have been. <laughs> the Warriors, 19 personal fouls to the, to 18 for the Wolves, uh, 16 turnovers even. And the Warriors and Wolves, I mean, the Wolves were 11 for 21 from the line and the Warriors were 16 for 22. So the Warriors actually had one more free throw and made more. And the Wolves actually shot more three-pointers in this one. 17 for 45, the Warriors were 15 of 42. 
So all these things that the Warriors have done to be like live or die by the three, turnovers, fouls, not get to the line, et cetera, the Wolves actually statistically were very, very similar. Uh, not that the Warriors didn't try to give this one up at the end, but but uh, they pretty much made it even. So I'll I'll take it. If we're hoping for a healthy team come the postseason, then it's just like, okay, I'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Is Steph going to go for 30? Is Clay going to hit five threes? Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. A couple other things in this one. Poole had another rough shooting night. 35 minutes, uh, 5 for 20, only from the field. 1 for 8 from 3, only 15 points. 4 assists. Three boards, two steals. You know, he was jacking up a lot of shots, man. Like a lot that was like, why why are you shooting that? And he has the green light. We all know that. But also like, hey, it's the decision making, right? That's what we've been talking about. People are saying that Poole catches a lot of flack. And yeah, he's young, but he has a lot of responsibility. And it's not so much like even the streakiness of his shooting. It's the the choices, you know, bottom line, of course, I get it that without Wiggins, without Steph, without Draymond, that Poole and Clay were again going to have to carry this team. But, you know, five for 20 is, is really, really, really rough. I would have liked to have seen him get more than five free throws, uh, four for five from the line overall. But, you know, it is what it is. Kevon Looney, again, just shout out 17 boards, four for seven from the line, 12 points, four for six from the field. Uh, Love that guy. I'll keep saying it every episode because he is, you know, despite Nas Reed's big game, you know, like just to get 17 boards in 32 minutes is, man, that is, that's insane. So um, never take Kevon Looney for granted. I've said that in case the Warriors clean house over the summer, it's going to be Steph and Looney who are the ones that are definitely, definitely, definitely not getting moved not saying that it's likely that clay would get moved or pool or wiggins or draymond i mean draymond has a has an option but what i'm saying is like all those guys could in theory if they blew things up could get moved in somehow some way you know i'm thinking less clay but regardless uh looney is up there as a keeper because of what he means to this team and also his his contract is so cheap the warriors would want to keep him and using him in a trade package yeah might not be worth it for the warriors overall jonathan kaminga 27 minutes five for 10 from the field hit his one three hit both of his free throws five boards one assist one steal 13 points you know he's working his way yeah he's filling in for draymond again and doesn't bring obviously the experience the pure knowledge of the game but he's working hard there and you know i still think kaminga is going to be 
one of the Warriors' best players in just a couple of years. And he just needs to get more and more comfortable. And I think these reps playing in Draymond's spot are going to be invaluable moving forward, especially these starting minutes. Dante DiVincenzo, 38 minutes, 7 for 13 from the field, 4 for 9 from 3, 3 for 4 from the line, 8 boards, 5 assists, 4 steals, 21 points. It's a shame. It's a shame that... You know, it's pretty clear at this point that he won't be with the team next year. Anything can happen, right? And, you know, I said like two months ago that Dante Vincenzo is the perfect warrior. You know, he's the perfect fourth guard on this team. But, you know, we know that he just has a player option next year and he will get better offers from tons of teams around the league and the Warriors will not be able to match it, plain and simple. And the Warriors also have Gary Payton II tied to a contract uh, signed for at least the next couple years after this one. So, you know, DiVincenzo was insurance for or the replacement for Gary Payton. And Gary Payton is now the insurance for Dante DiVincenzo. So people can uh, have it both ways at this point. You know, we'll see again if Peyton uh, shows up on the court before the Warriors season expires. So fingers crossed about that. Uh, it's going to be a shame though, uh, that uh, Dante DiVincenzo, like it, it right now it feels like he's just, he's just visiting. And sometimes, you know, right. Like I always felt like Otto Porter Jr. Last year was just kind of passing through. thought maybe there was a chance that he could be signed, but you know, that ship sailed. Uh, but DiVincenzo at his age, like what, 25 years old, Otto Porter Jr. Had already gotten a max contract and he was what, like late twenties and DiVincenzo coming off that injury. He, he wants a contract and he wants to get paid and he deserves it and he should. So, uh, he will most likely move on unless the Warriors, you know, who knows? I mean, whatever happens, I always talk in the YouTube comments. Like, it all really depends on how this season ends. You know what I mean? Like, are the Warriors going to make a deep run? Are they going to surprise everybody and just, like, flip that switch? Like, find the switch first and foremost and then flip it and then make some crazy run to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals or something like that? Or are they going to trip over themselves, face a lot of injuries, not have enough, not have enough discipline, not have enough defense and come up short, whether that's losing the first round, losing the play-in or not even making the play-in. So, you know, all that stuff is what is going to influence how the Warriors make moves in the off season. You know what I mean? Like it's the vibes, right? It's like, okay, if they fall short, it's like, okay, well maybe, maybe it's time to move on from so-and-so, or if they realize that they just need a few more pieces, maybe you package some of the younger guys and find like, you know, a fringe all-star or something who's a little bit younger that can, that can help out in, in other ways or find a big who can actually back up Looney and Draymond better than Jermichael Green, you know, Jermichael Green, who's kind of fallen into some old Jermichael Green stuff, you know, uh, a little bit inconsistent, some mistakes, but you know, he's tough, giving it the old college try and everything. Moses Moody only got four minutes in this. He saw some first half minutes, wasn't that great, didn't show up the rest of the game. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. got 13 minutes, one for four from the field. Uh, his only 
made shot was from three. He was one for three at three boards, uh, three points. So I've already said that yeah, he's 6'10", and because he can shoot, like those things make him even more valuable already than Moses Moody. I felt that way like two and a half months ago, and I definitely feel that way now. So he's getting minutes, especially with Draymond out and the Warriors needing some some size up there. And you know, yeah, you know, he's taking his uh, taking his licks and getting his reps. That's that's all I can say about this game for him. You know what I mean? Uh, make some mistakes, and he's learning. You know, so we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. It was fun to watch this one, even though the Warriors made it really, really, really more interesting than it should have been in the final 30, 45 seconds or so. But these are the ones that they need to get. So I'll be happy with this one. But again, like not out of the woods. They're not going to be out of the woods until this season is over. Because even if they say win, hypothetically, say they go on a four-game winning streak, which you know, it doesn't seem like much, but in this season and in this final home stretch, it's it's actually a lot. Say they go on a stretch like that, you know, they're going to be looking at the seating. They're going to be trying to get up as high as possible. So it's going to be day in, day out, game in, game out, you know, just scratching and clawing and fighting for fighting for the season. That's pretty much it. And that's what's going to keep people like me, <laughs> I mean, I'll be tuned in no matter what, but this effort, that's what you want to see because they looked a little lifeless. They looked overmatched in the beginning of this game, but you want to see what these guys are made of and if they can actually bring it because the end of this game, the second half of this game is the complete opposite of a lot of games we've seen. It was like the opposite of the Lakers game, right? Where they just folded. So you want to see that the team still has that fight, especially with a few of their main guys out. I mean, they're missing three starters. That's that's tough for any team to overcome. And to beat a Timberwolves team that is definitely trying to get after it and get into the playoffs and fight for postseason positioning as well, then um, you know, that that means something. To me, right? Like I've talked about how this team is lacking joy and sometimes it feels manufactured. You need a crazy game from Clay and then another crazy game from Clay to really, really, really seemingly get uh, the team's happiness levels up, you know, at least happiness on the court. I'm sure they're for the most part pretty happy millionaires. But, but, you know, they need to stack a few of these. And I've been saying this all season. You guys have been, I'm sure, saying it as well. So if uh, this is a positive, I'll take it. Uh, if they lose to the Blazers next, then it's going to be some same story, you know, like back to 500 and licking their wounds, pointing at what's wrong with this team and how they can improve. But if they get it, then okay, you know, show me a little something there, right? Especially if they are as shorthanded as they were tonight. Because again, Portland is also – like I said before, just like the Wolves, they're a team that is trying to move up. I don't think they're very good, but, you know, the Warriors haven't been either this season. So anyway, that's all I got. I'll leave that on a uh, semi-positive note, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I mean, at least these games have been entertaining for the most part. And, uh, yeah, that's all you could ask for. <laughs> Right now, maybe.
maybe more. Anyway, see you after the Portland game. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. Go Dubs.